Welcome everyone to another episode of the Immigrant's Journey podcast. I am your host, Carmenetta, and today we have with us Vicky of Vicky Inspires, social media influencer, motivational speaker, and domestic abuse survivor. Vicky, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Carmen. Thanks for having me on the podcast. It's good to be here. It's absolute pleasure to have you. Um, we're actually recording number two because we had a little bit of technical difficulty in <laughs> number one. And that's uh, part and parcel of the podcasting game sometimes. So Vicky, um, tell us where were you born and when did you come to Ireland? I'm Congolese. I'm from the Democratic Republic of Congo in Kinshasa, the capital city. And I came to Ireland in 1998 when I was six years old. And I'm 28 now. You were just a baby when you came here. I was just a baba. So this is home. <laughs> so what was it like growing up in Ireland? Do you feel like you've integrated into Irish society? Um, what's it like growing up in Ireland? To be honest, uh, I remember kind of early memories of when I came in at six and people would say stuff like, go back to your country, you Oh my age God. six yes in the shopping center and now it has calmed down compared to how it used to be but I feel like it could still be better and I kind of find myself caught in two worlds if that makes sense because I'm Irish I'm an Irish citizen but I'm from Africa I'm from Congo and you're kind of like where do I fit in because like, I suppose with the Irish society, they're kind of like, when you say, oh, where are you from? I'm like, I'm Irish. No, but like, where are you from originally? Yeah. And then even if you, you say something like, oh, I was born here. And they're like, yeah, but where are your grandparents from? Like, you need to know where you're from, you know? Yeah. Whereby as well, when I go to Congo, I'm like, I'm Congolese. They're like, no, you're not Congolese. I'm like, how am I not Congolese? No, you're not. You're not like us. So, you know, it, it's kind of... Like that. <laughs> Step between two worlds, literally. Literally. <laughs> so growing up, were you more socialized with Irish communities or African communities or was it a mix? Growing up, um, even till now, a lot of my friends, I would have been the first black person they ever met, like their black friend. And they're like, I'm not racist, but you're my only black friend. I'm like, okay. <laughs> or... <laughs> You're black, but you're not like, you're not like black people do, but like you're one of us. Sure, you're Irish. You're one of us. Like you sound Irish and stuff like that. So do you know what I mean? Kind of. I'm very good at integrating. Like I have a different variety of friends from different cultures, like Nigeria or Ghana, like everywhere. So, yeah, like that. A bit of a mixed bag all around. Yeah, I am a mixed bag. I'm a spice bag. <laughs> Yes, the Irish do love their spice bag. I remember having conversations about that with friends of mine. We just are mad into their spice bag. And I'm like, how can you eat that rubbish? But anyway, that's another conversation. I'm very picky about food. (laughs) Me too. So it's okay, Carmen. No, but Carmen, do you know I don't eat spice? As in, I don't eat chili pepper. And that's why I told you it's two worlds. And they're like, but why? You're just trying to be white. I'm like, no, I actually can't. My digestion cannot handle, my stomach can't handle pepper. They're like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. You're missing out. This no, place is great. I can't, no, I do season my food, of course. I know how to season my food. There's just not, there's no pepper in there. I can't eat pepper. So yeah, 
<laughs> so what's something about your culture that you miss or that you love that you still keep with you today? I love our swag. We're the sappers. We sap. We're swaggy. We have good music and we know how to dance. I love that. And we kind of dress how we want to dress. We don't care what anybody has to say or how they have to say it. You kind of just, you know, do you. That's it. It's a great way to be. Are there any places in Dublin where you can go and dance the oh, way that you guys dance? Yeah. Clubs and stuff. See, I'm not really the nightclub kind of girl. I've never really been one. So, but there's like... um People have like um, events from the country and you go to the events and then you have your music and dress kind of or different ones, you know. That is really cool. I told you I'm a weirdo. I'm a spice bag. Like I go to a lot of Nigerian events because I love their music. I love their kind of culture. Do you know what I mean? That's what I tell you. I always blend a shift shape. <laughs> <laughs> What's something about your culture that you can do without? One thing. Well, there's a few, but we'll, just for today's sake, for time's sake, we'll have one. One of the things I think we really need to really look at is how we, um, what you call it, kind of keep women are kind of downplayed. Being a woman is seen as a weakness and that you can't and won't amount to nothing without a man. And how we, we differentiate between how we're, like for example when we're brought up it's kind of like if you have a brother he can do whatever the hell he wants to do and how he wants to do it and no one's going to tell him nothing whereas for the girl it's kind of like from a young age you're told to um oh you're you're going to be a wife one day you need to know how to learn to cook and clean you need to learn how to be submissive and do what you're told for your man and you need to do this this and that it's kind of like it's yeah it's bad set from a really young age that's a really strange attitude to take because i mean like normally when you're looking for a spouse you're looking for a life partner mm -hmm. you're not looking for a child yeah but like if you're looking for somebody who is telling you what to do it's like you're looking for a parent it's a very strange dynamic where do you think that comes from you know the way like um in the bible it says to submit to your husband People have remixed that. It's in Ephesians 5. I don't know the exact, it's 20 something, Ephesians 5, chapter 5. And it says that like to submit to your husband. But the verse before says that the, the man has to like submit under God. Because the man needs, you know, like authority figure too. But people just take the part of you have to submit to your husband. And the Bible doesn't tell you, for example, that if your husband is beating you up to stay there or be abused or be maltreated or be treated like a slave or disrespected. But people are just like, oh, submit, submit. That's like a controversial verse kind of, you know, that people use. So that's where that kind of comes from. So very interesting but it also depends on how people want to interpret because the yeah. bible is very much open to interpretation mm -hmm. like i was raised in the church as well but just as it's actually in ephesians as well just as it says for women to submit unto their wives it also says for christ to for the husband to love his wife as christ yes, loved, loved the church, the church. What yes. did so, so what did jesus do for the church he gave his life for the church exactly. so why would you tolerate disrespect from a husband and not put any 
onus of responsibility on the husband to do right by his wife when that example's there. It's like they're cherry picking, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Carmen says Christ did die for his church, but don't die for your man. Don't let him kill you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but see, no, but see, the wife is not called to die exactly. for her husband. Exactly. That's why I'm telling them. So just submit and don't. If you're gonna die, you better get safe. You have to go find help. Seriously. Hundred percent. Oh, because I always tell people that like domestic violence is a thin line between life and death. They don't understand and they don't. They don't understand that concept. You know. Yeah, it absolutely is. And no, people will cherry pick what suits their argument when they're trying to control you. Mm. But the truth is, it's not a sincere way to interpret scripture. Like I'm not religious myself, but I mean, I've when I was raised in the church, I took my religion quite seriously and I used to read the Bible and I know it quite well. And I used to have these debates about hermeneutics and how to properly interpret the Bible. And it was very interesting, but it's just interesting that people choose to interpret things in a way that suits them. That's what and they it's do. very dishonest. And that's what as well, how I feel like it wrecks it for the rest of us. For, for like for me, I'm a Christian, so my faith, thank God, has really got me through the like this with my whole domestic violence and everything. But like people will just take, like you said, a verse and just remix it to make something so evil. That's why a lot of people are like, I hate the church. I don't like the religion and this and that. But Jesus is not a religion. But that's even a topic for another day. But like it's just like you are not nobody should have to live a life of fear a life of being abused a life of being controlled manipulated like do you know what i mean oppressed put down your opinions don't matter your life doesn't matter things to be controlled how you dress how you do your makeup who you talk to stuff like i don't like your friend karen or carmen or karen (laughs) whatever (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or Carla. We'll just say, I just don't like her friend. Oh, why don't you like her? Because she talks too much. That's AKA, also known as, she's going to catch me out and t- say to me, like, Vicky, the way Billy t- spoke to you today, that's very abusive. It's controlling. Or what, like, what do you mean? Why are you so, why do you get so uncomfortable when he calls? So then you lose a lot of friends, a lot of relationships. Uh, do you know what I mean? Which, when you were going through that, did you reach out to your family or to your friends? And what was the result? When I was going through this like abuse, to be honest with you, it started off as emotional abuse. And I kind of feel like it's the age as well. Because we're like when I got with him, I was 16. And we broke up when I was 26. That's 10 years, basically, of your life. That's from like your teenage years to your adulthood so like and when you're that's what I'm saying a lot of people are exposed to this when you're exposed to that you kind of normalize it like if someone's talking to you a certain way you're kind of like oh no that's fine that's uh, everybody couples fight oh no no that's not me do you know what I mean it's kind of like I always tell people this because it's the truth it's it's kind of like it's not till he slapped me and choked me battered and bruised me that I was kind of like, no, this is not right. This is not on, do you know what I mean? And I started kind of thinking and looking and I, I seeked for help through like women's aid. 
Was Women's Aid your first port of call or did you try speaking to your friends and family first? I couldn't speak. Uh, like a few people in my family knew and they were heartbroken. And then I kind of, it's kind of weird. Like, see, like with my brand, Vicky Inspires, um, that p Instagram page and everything, the website, the whole brand was like there in the back burner. But it's kind of like when that happened, um, it was my safe place and it was my platform where I put everything out there. And then I started like speaking about it. It was my healing place. So you know what I mean? It was kind of like when you speak out, it's kind of like there's no going back. If you get me, you know, because sometimes when you're in that kind of relationship, you're like, oh, well, how if we get back tomorrow? I don't want to look stupid or something, you know? Yeah. Definitely. What's been the most difficult obstacle you've had to overcome in terms of getting away from this situation and being free? Um, the most difficult part for me was having to go to court. Dolphin House is in city centre in Dublin. It's the family law courts because it's a whole nother ball game altogether. Imagine me slapping you or battering abusing you, Cameron, and we go to court court and I'm like they're like oh Karen so this is you allegedly say that Vicky hit you and you're and you're like yeah and they're like oh what hand did she use left or right was it open or closed fist like having to re you have to like relive it because sadly there's a lot of people that go in there and they do lie and then there's people that who are actually like in pain like that's why I tell people to kind of get that strength and power to And it's not easy, Cameron, to go to court. Like the the guardy um was came to my house. There was an incident after that one where he had choked me and stuff, and he told me you need to go to the court for us to help you because like the guards are have to be neutral. They can't. They don't like getting involved in family law. So it's kind of like you have to go to the court and tell them what happened and then they instruct them to involve like getting, for example, safety orders or barring orders and stuff like that to kind of have that somehow protection. But I wish I could tell you that, oh, yeah, when you do have a safety order, you feel protected or safe. But Cameron, when you leave these kind of abusive relationships, I wish I could tell you that it just ends there, but it doesn't. No, especially when you have children involved. If you didn't have children, it's easy to kind of jet off and go start a new life. But when there's kids involved, it's it's really, it's messy. And especially when you're married to the person legally, that's another ball game because everything's 50-50, even your kids. What's the criteria that you have to pass or show in order to demonstrate in a courtroom setting I can't have my children around this guy because he is physically abusive. Do they want pictures? What kind of evidence are they looking for? You see, with these abusers, especially if you have kids with them, they're smart because they won't really abuse your kid. It's more you'll get the backlash of it, if you know what I mean. So... They might be like aggressive all the time at home and stuff, but that's what I'm saying to you. It's hard to prove these things. Like when you go to court, the judge 
apparently a lot of the fathers not i'm not saying that men don't get abused by the way nobody get me wrong i'm just saying from my own personal experience but a lot of the fathers and stuff said oh women always get it easy that like we abuse them but there's nothing there for fathers so the courts have changed in the sense that they now like kind of feel sorry for the dad and the mom if that makes sense yeah of course so it's messy they're like oh at the end of the day we just care for the kids and um they don't care if the man has been abusive like it's just it's just so messy Carmen to be honest with you it's really messy and you said you had gone to women's aid and what were they able to do for you women's aid is a national um organization um it operates 365 days a year 24/7 and even now that like even with this coronavirus they're still operating because sadly um domestic violence does not end and it doesn't end when there's a virus a lot of people are being like locked down in with their abusers and they need help they need to try find like women's aid will help you provide you with a um safe safety plan how to leave because a lot of people are either killed by their abuser or they kill themselves because they feel like there's no way out and women's aid also provide court accompaniment and they'll go with you in the courtroom like the judge will allow it for you to have it's whether it's women's aid Circe women's refuge center or there's a lot of um refuge centers someone that from the center can come into court with you to kind of be there because sadly in the family law courts you can be sitting across from your abuser beside your abuser or behind your abuser and they're walking past you trying to intimidate you and put fear into you before going into the judge so But like the the courts, the, to be honest, those judges see a lot of people day in, day out. So they do know when people are lying and stuff. So they kind of know how to smell it out. But yeah, women's aid is a good one. Um, there's been many of times I've speak, spoken to women's aid, like even sometimes to 2 a.m. in the morning coming for one hour and stuff. So they are just amazing. And they're able to provide for you. Where's your local... um center or what services around you wherever you live so that's why it's not national it's like for the whole of ireland so how have you been able to pick up the pieces since ending this relationship and just starting over with your two children um cameron it's kind of just it's the hardest thing i won't lie to you like a lot of people stay there because they're like oh for the kids i'll stay there or this and that but if you love yourself especially your children i'd say leave because it's kind of like your kids either gonna witness a lot of things abuse hear a lot of things and then they will end up probably becoming an abuser or being find themselves in abusive relationship you know what i mean you kind of just have to take it a day at a time That's the best way to say to you. That's what I literally had to do. I had to say my kids, to be honest, or my ultimate kind of like reason as to why I do what I do now and why I share my story, because I want to break those generational curses. I want to uh, leave, plant a seed kind of like even the years to come when I'm gone, that, that seed will grow into it, this strong oak tree because it's not okay. And I don't think people should have to feel that it is okay. Like for myself personally, in the 
black community, I was told we don't do that. We don't go to court. You don't go to court with your husband. You don't go to call guardian your husband. You have to submit. You must have done something. What did you do that made him do that or act that way? And that's disgusting. And it's not on. It shouldn't be on. So that's what I'm saying. Somebody kind of has to end those kind of normalizing it the norms and I think I kind of have to be that person that kind of in the same way why why by in America if Rosa Parks never refused to get up from that seat me and you wouldn't even be talking now so you know somebody gets to do it (laughs) exactly might as well be you (laughs) I'm like I think I'm bad and bougie enough and big enough to do it bad and bougie I love that term bougie. Explain bougie to me because I'm old and I don't even know what I'm saying. I just know everyone's saying I'm bad and bougie. I'm just trying the bandwagon. Don't don't quote me. Don't ask me. I'm, I'm literally, <laughs> I actually just know I'm bad and bougie. I like that I'm bad. I think you're bad and bougie. I think bougie is kind of posh. Okay. That's what in America they use bougie. So that's why it's like I'm bad and bougie. So I'm bad and posh, you know? I don't know. I think so. (laughs) Oh my God, that's hilarious. What do you feel has been your best achievement since this whole thing has kind of settled down? First of all, it hasn't settled down. It's like it still happened. Yes, there's still heat in that fire. I don't know when that that fire will, if it'll ever go. It hasn't settled down, to be honest. I still deal with my daily, weekly, um, like I don't know what to call baby daddy drama slash um I suppose you always will because like you just said he's the father of your children you're kind of stuck with somebody once you have kids with Mm -hmm. them and some Mm -hmm. level even though he's out of the country yeah you're kind of but like that's what I'm saying abusers will always try to still want that control and kind of manipulate you or gaslight you and kind of be like oh Cameron, your top is not cream. You're like, it is cream. I'm like, no, it's blue. All those mind games. and Do you know what I mean? And being like, there's different ways of, different types of abuse. That's why I just like talk about this. Because sometimes people didn't know, don't know. I didn't know in the beginning. Like there's like financial abuse. There's sexual abuse. There's physical abuse. There's emotional abuse. There's a lot of abuse there. And these abusers just want to continue. That's what I'm saying. For some people, court isn't for you. That's fine. But for some of us, court is our only way to give us that kind of breathing space and stuff. Because I remember there's this one time in the beginning of all this, um, sorry, about a year and a half ago or so, when I went to my doctor crying because I used to go to bed with, like, with chest pains and wake up with chest pains and have nightmares and waking up in a cold sweat and everything. And I couldn't eat because of everything that's happened. Like every time I tried to eat, I was vomiting. I, I just gag. Like I was literally living in pain. And obviously my body had to heal the bruises and everything. But I remember saying to him, am I dying? And I was crying and he checked my heart and he said, you're not dying. He said to me, you're still, you're still very young, you know that. I can give you medication if you want. That's what he said to me. I can give you medicine if you want. But if I was you, I would just look after myself and, and have minimal contact with him because he's obviously causing a lot of stress and stuff to your body. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, for example, I have MS, actually, multiple sclerosis. 
believe it or not, I have multiple sclerosis. I have the remit and remission. So it basically means... It's in remission? Yeah, remission, remit and remiss. I, I don't know, or or MS. That's all I know I have. Or or or, or MS. So it's kind of like it comes and it goes when it wants to. MS is like, imagine having a migraine for, um, but that migraine can last you from one week to two weeks to one month to six months, as long as it wants to. So I was getting so stressed out and stress gives me flare ups. So that's why the migraines were lasting. And obviously like, for example, there's no cure for MS. So imagine adding it on top of all that and everything that happened to me. It's like another level, you know? Yeah, you've been very strong through all of this. I could not imagine. How does DMS affect you day in, day out when it does flare up? See, do you feel fatigued or what are the symptoms exactly? I kind of, I, I suffer with extreme fatigue. Like I'm always tired. I could sleep for like four days, wake up and I'd be like, I want to go to bed, <laughs> you know. But I've learned kind of how to manage it, you know, um, for me to just manage it my own way. And I I will try, I tr- that's what I mean, stress and me don't go. I've always, even before I got diagnosed five years ago, I've, I'm the type of person like stress doesn't do me right at all. So I'll do everything to try to avoid it. That's why I've kind had a kind of had to get my power back with all the stuff with the abuse, because if I don't get my, take my power back, I'm going to stay in a hole. And at the end of the day, I have two little kids, eight and two that I have to look after. So I need to be strong, you know? Absolutely. You do. Tell me something that you really like about where you live at the moment. Mm. I love how there's help there. For example, what happened to me and all that I endured. If I lived in Africa, I would have been killed and thrown in a river and nobody would have known where Vicky was. All they had to say, oh, she traveled and people all think, oh, Vicky traveled. In Africa, for example, there's no autopsy and you can bribe the police and be like, put him in jail. They're like, how much? $100. Okay, that'll do you one day or two days. Do you know what I mean? So it's all about money. Holy yeah, crap. Whereby here, as I told you, like that guy that told me, go go to Dolphin House, get your safety order, protection order, whatever. So then we can do more for you. You know what I mean? So I'm thankful for that, that I can go to court and go in front of a judge and tell my story and what happened and look for what I need, whether that be maintenance, whether that be a safety order, protection order, whether that be a barring order and the help is there available where I need it. That's what I told you. And even women's aid is there. That's free. That's, that's a 1-800 number. It's 365 days. It's charity basically. And they can help you with so much. And it's like free resources are here. Yeah. Now you said you were with him from 16 to 26. Was he abusive throughout the entire relationship? That's what I mean. Like, it's kind of like the uh, emotional abuse. It started there. It started with the emotional abuse. And then if I think about it physically throughout the years, it's, it's it's been more than that once. 
you know what I mean? I ju- you just kind of, and like all people fight or whatever and you just like kind of make up or something. I think that that's probably the best way to say it. At what, what was the first time that you thought to yourself, I need to get out of this? Carmen, if I'm honest with you, yeah, from the get-go, you know, you hear about red, red mm. flags. They hit me stone cold in the yes. face. That metal bar off the red flag had a metal bar. And I ignored, I avoided, I ignored. I was like making excuses. Oh, maybe they're just annoyed because I had bad day at work, just hungry, tired, stressed. Oh, didn't sleep well by his night's sleep. Or, oh, maybe I did something or maybe it's my fault. No. That's why I always say about like go instincts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. For me, as a Christian, my instinct is like, Holy Spirit is like, God lead him. It's like, don't do this thing you want to do because look at this. Like kind of like, hello, can you see or can you hear? But we're kind of like, we ignore it. That's what, that has taught me never to ignore my go instincts again. That's what that taught me. That is really good advice. And final question for other women who might be in a similar circumstance, What advice would you give? I, the advice I would give anybody who is in this kind of um, predicament is do not be afraid. Do not be fearful. And there's help available to you. And, and like, you'll get through it. You just need to be strong and take it a day at a time. And you need to speak out and speak out and just look for the help because like for example when you go to court you can get a lawyer to come and represent you on your behalf and just sit on the bench as in to show present yourself to the judge but the lawyer will help you if you can't afford a lawyer there's free legal aid there for people you can find a lawyer that will represent you for free well not for free free but like you can pay up to like 150 for the court for the judge and everything and the thingy and the lawyer so there's help there and to be strong you have to kind of decide whether you're you feel like how do you value yourself because it's like girl if you don't leave he's gonna kill you you know because it's a thin line between life and death or you're just gonna kill yourself that's what i would say Especially if you have kids, please don't say you're staying because of your kids because you're just going to mess them up and rub them the wrong way. Yeah, a lot of times mothers put up with too much for the sake of their kids, almost like they're willing to obliterate themselves for their kids. But you're not doing your children any favors if you take that position. No, you're not. And if you die, who's going to look after your children? Nobody will love your child or children as more than you look after them or love them. And your abuser definitely won't. Vicky, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your story with us today. It's really important conversations to have and things to think about. And I'm so glad that you came on and also shared that there is help out there and there's hope and there's life after these things happen. It happened to my own mom when I was a child and I think she waited too long. She waited 23 years mm. before she left my father. But coming, being a child of domestic abuse, I can tell you, It's not better to stay. Your children are not benefiting from this. No, they're not. So please do go get help. Yeah. There's help and there's hope out there. 
So thank you once again for being on the podcast. And you can find more on Vicky through all her social media, which is going to be put in the show notes um, this week. And if you have a story that you'd like to share, comments or feedback, reach out on our Facebook page at The Immigrant's Journey. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And don't forget to like us on Facebook, share your favorite episodes, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or wherever you hear your podcasts. And recommend the show to friends who you think will enjoy it. Until the next podcast, ciao. Thanks.